Blog Talk Radio. You remind me of something. I just can't think of what it is. Uh. You remind me of my She also 
has a couple of TV shows she writes for, and she's publishing three to six books a month. I mean, she is really, really working. So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Um, So I just really encourage you guys to continue working on your books, continue working on your writing. Don't stop. Don't let anything be an excuse. Um, I've started working on my own book that I keep talking about. I've been sitting on for 10 years, so I'm gonna. Um, that's going to definitely be published this year. I have about three that I want to do. So uh, just continue to be encouraged. Now, I have my guest on. Ho, I'm going to bring him on. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Good to be here. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, thought I was going to be by myself tonight. <laughs> um uh-huh. This is uh, Mr. Dexter Brady, and we have him as a guest tonight, and we are going to just talk to him a bit about um, his writing. He is a poet and very good at what he does, and um, we just want to thank him for taking time out of his busy schedule for um, sitting with us tonight. Um, Now, Mr. Brady, how did you start writing? A very interesting question. Um, actually, um, I started writing on a fluke. Um, I'm a construction worker by trade, so I was at work um, with another coworker, and he was bragging about, you know, that he was so handsome and all the ladies liked him, and he was light-skinned. So he bet me to join the singles website and set up a profile, and whoever got the most messages would win this particular bet. So I went and set up my profile, and uh, I ended up winning a bet, long story short. So when I became a full member of the website, I started checking my messages, and there were a lot of messages of women asking me, was I a writer or a poet at the time? And at first I thought I checked the wrong preference because writer is an occupational, you know, you can check it as an occupation. But I was a construction worker, so when I responded to the first few women, I was saying, "No, you know, I'm a write, you know, I'm a construction worker. What are you talking about?" So they would say, "I don't know. It's just talking about the way you write. It's talking about the way you talk." So I printed out my profile. Me and my mother, of course, are real close, and um, so I asked her to read the profile that to see what the ladies were talking about. So she told me to get her glasses, and uh, when she read the profile, she said, "Hey, though I'm your mother, I'm a woman first, and." Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's just merely exchanged, and you have the ability to transfer that energy on paper, and that's what they're seeing. So um, 600 Frenchmen, or French women in this case, can't be wrong, so she encouraged me to jot down some of my thoughts, as she said at the time, and that's how it happened. So from that conversation, it just, boom, I started writing, started writing poetry. Just like that. Okay. So how long has it been since you started writing? Well, I wrote that first, I wrote my first book in uh, 2005. So oh. I've been writing ever since. Yes. Uh-huh. And how so many books total have you published? published? Mm-hmm. Well, right now I'm, I'm working on my second book right now. It's actually coming out um, for Valentine's Day this year. Um, okay. So, and the title yeah. of that? The second book is Love, 160 Characters or Less. Wow. Um, Your book covers are off the chain. (laughs) 
If you, for our listeners, have, if you have not seen his book covers, check him out on Facebook. The book covers are so creative and original. I don't think I've ever seen any book covers for either book, because you have another one dropping next month also, correct? Yes, what actually was happening is um, my first book, 480 Votes of Xavier, I actually I wrote the book in 05, but I published it for my birth. It was my birthday present to myself in uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. So I went back to work on my first book cover, did my second book cover, and I'm re-releasing my first book for my birthday next month in 2012. So I'm just re-releasing that book cover. So I did. So you know, I gave. I guess what you would call a um, an extreme makeover. So oh, love, okay. Yeah. So I love the way it turned out, and uh, I'm excited to bring it back. You know, bring it back in print. You know, I'm excited about that. Okay, okay. Now, how did you come up with? Um, it's interesting. You said that the name of the book that's dropping for Valentine's Day is Love 160 Characters or Less. How did you come up with that title? Um. Well, um, after I did my first book, I realized that I was a romantic. I was hopelessly romantic. I wrote, I mean, let me share this with you real quick. Um, when you're a poet, if you write from the heart, there's going to be like three sections that you're going to write about. The first, the easiest thing to write about is when you write about when people have that have done you wrong, okay? And on the other end of the pendulum is when you write about the things that you've done wrong. And in the middle is who you really are. So I found out who I really was in my in my writing. So when I looked at the sections of my poetry, most of my poetry was love and inspirational and motivational and thought-provoking. So when I moved into my second book, I wrote through all of the pain that I had, that people had done to me in the past, and I forgave myself for the things that I did to other people. So I kind of moved on and in my in my life. So it was, then it was reflected in, in my writing. So... Um, because I'm an electrician, I've always been kind of technical and into, you know, gadgets and technology. So basically, when I was preparing to write the second book, I text message a lot. So I would begin to text message, you know, my friends and close, you know, if I had a romantic interest at the time, I would text message her, you know, my intimate thoughts. So the response was so overwhelming that I began to gather those thoughts and just kind of, you know, gather them up and make them short quotes. And um, usually on a cell phone, you can only send a text message in 160 characters or less. So basically the title of the book is Love in a Text Message. That's just the the, the easiest way to explain it. So I'm I'm excited about it. Okay. Okay. That's different. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. um, Now... This other book that you're re-releasing, I noticed it has the name Xavier in there. Where where does that come from? <laughs> Interesting. You bring that up. The title, 480 Votes of Xavier. Again, the 480 votes part is because I'm an electrician, so that's a, a number of voltage, okay. 277 okay. to 480. So that's the 480 part. Now, Xavier actually came from a conversation I had with my mother when I was about 15. Um, I asked her if she had any other names, alternate names for me, just in case I had a second son because I knew I wanted my first son to be Dexter Jr. So I said, hey, Mom, did you have any other names in the hat? And I would at least put those names in the hat and kind of recycle those names. And then she told me the story about my name. My name was supposed to be Xavier. She said she thought that 
the letter X was a very powerful letter in the alphabet. But I was I was born in March of 69, which means I was probably conceived around June of 68. Um <laughs> And that and that's a couple months after Martin Luther King got killed, which was April sixty eight. So my parents were like right in the middle of the civil rights movement at the time. Um so believing in Martin Luther King's dream, they decided to change my name to Dexter because his youngest son's name is Dexter King, to connect me to my bloodline and to connect me to black history. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why my name is Dexter to this day. So basically 480 votes of Xavier is saying 480 votes of me. Wow. Yes. That's definitely um, unique. I think it's awesome when we can take our creativity and just turn it into just, man, that's that's hot. That's real hot. And this book cover, I'm looking at this, this book cover is off the chain. But those you. of you who are listening and you've never heard of him, you need to check him out on Facebook. Um, his, his book cover is is like a um, what is this like an iPad or a phone? Well, yes, uh, it's got yes, the whole little from. digital. Yes. Well, yeah. real quick, I'll explain the the theory behind both book covers was well, my first book, real quick, was with 480 votes of Xavier. What I wanted to do was, um humble myself and not make the book about me so much, but about what I wrote about. So I took my face off the front cover, you know what I'm saying, to say to say that, you know, just because I'm a handsome man, you know, sex, does, I, don't need, I don't need my looks to sell this book. Okay. You know what I'm saying? My gift outweighs anything that I look like because what's coming from within. Secondly, I want to try to do something different in the sense that I want to present the book like a, an urban fiction novel to give you images of some of the things that of in the poems you were going to read about. So that's why I have that kind of that collage on the front cover for 480 Votes of Xavier. Um, and then when I moved into Love and 160, um, what happened was actually I have an iPad, and my first book cover is like the screensaver on my iPad. So I was looking at my iPad one day, and I said, man, wait a minute. Why don't I make my book cover look like an iPad with as if the the book cover was the screensaver on that device and make it that actual book cover with actual um, text message elements and things of that nature. So I wanted to kind of bring, again, another hybrid, certain you know elements of technology, certain elements of love, and just kind of blend them all together and um, just show images of people sending and receiving text messages and, you know, exchanging, you know, greetings and things of that nature with, with their devices. So that's how I kind of came up with the concept for for the book cover. Okay, and then this is a book of poetry, correct? Yes, yes, poetry. Okay. Okay, and for um, anyone who um, is listening, how can they go about purchasing your book? I know you said it doesn't drop to the 14th, but um, will it be on Amazon or your own website, or how is, how is that going to work? It, it, it will be um, the ebook version, the electronic versions are going to be on Amazon, but the printed version, I'm going to handle that. I'm going to handle that distribution myself, and it'll be on my website, which is DexterBrady.net or DexterBrady.com, either one. You can use either one. 
Okay. And it'll cool. be ready on uh, I'm excited. You know, February fourteenth is the big day. Boom. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any any uh Valentine's Day gifts or um baskets or anything. I think I might treat myself to a copy. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I feel you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Let me yeah. mention this too real quick about about the both of my book covers. Um Along the way, you know, when certain things happen in your life, it just kind of brings you full circle. And, uh, you know, my mom and my aunt had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, boom, it just kind of just brought it right full circle, full right right in my face, you know. Because my aunt had it first, then my mm-hmm. mom. So um, one day my spirit said, hey, you know what, mm. I dedicated the book to my mother and 5% of the proceeds for 1,160 characters or less is going to go toward um, breast cancer research in their names. Mm. And, uh, yes, so that's a – and I have a daughter. So this whole thing is just, like, very close to my heart. You you know what I'm saying? It just brought it up close and personal for me. So I just decided to say, hey – um, it was my mother from the love seat at home when I was in my mom's house. From her love seat in the living room, she told me to start writing. And then it was from her sick bed that she told me to never mm. stop writing. So I'm never going to stop. Wow. You know, and I'm going to use my gift as much as I can to, you know, um, bring awareness to the particular subject, you know, because it's out of sight, out of mind. So I, I, I just want to take the time to do that. And um, again, it, then it was a chain reaction because I'm blessed and I'm gifted that I'm going to write. I don't know how many more books in my life. So I went backwards and I said, okay, because remember when I talked about 480 votes of Xavier, I talked about the things that people did to me and the things that I did to other people. So now when I re-release 408 votes of Xavier, I'm going to dedic- I'm going to have that one be dedicated to domestic violence. Mm. And that's going to have the domestic violence driven because some of the poetry in that book deals with that subject. So I'm going to deal with that one. And then my third book, when it comes out, God willing, this going to be dedicated to prostate cancer. You feel me? And so okay. forth. Okay. Right. So each one of my books, you know, is going to be dedicated to some cancer research or something, just not necessarily just, you know, just the poetry in itself. So I'm really proud to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? That, that means a lot to me. You know, Absolutely, you should be. Yes. Wow. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, I'm going to um, talk about um, your history, where you were raised and everything, because you are from Chicago. So I just want to touch on that just a little bit, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, great.
Good evening, and we are back. I am your host, Ms. Mocha, and tonight my guest is Mr. Dexter Brady. And we are discussing, um, he has a book release coming out on the 14th of February called Love, 160 Characters or Less. And uh, we're just chatting with him tonight. He's re-releasing um, his very first book next month, and he just has a whole lot going on. Check him out on Facebook. Um, his website is DexterBrady.net or DexterBrady.com. Um, Mr. Brady, I want to talk about, um, you're originally from Chicago, correct? Yes, I am. Born and raised. Born and raised in Chicago. Okay. So, um Tell us um, just a little bit about um, how you grew up in Chicago, what side of town you were from, um, and how you um, ended up leaving Chicago. Uh, Okay. Um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, 39th and Prairie, right by Wendell Phillips High School. Um, That area now has been renamed um, Bronzeville which is, like, really near where, just for food or just for sake of um, talking. Gwendolyn Brooks grew up in Ida B. Wells, which is, like, right down the street from my house, right on 39th and King Drive. So it's it's a, it's a great honor to, to be a poet in the same area, mm-hmm. let alone the same era as someone as, as Gwendolyn Brooks. So we're kind of both from the same area um, in Chicago. Um, I attended uh, St. Elizabeth Grammar School. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yes, 4th and uh, Wabash. And then I got a scholarship um, to Hale Franciscan High School, and I graduated from Hale Franciscan, and then I went to Loyola University. Um, okay. In between college, I actually applied for the um, the IBEW, which is the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, and um I scored so high on their on their entrance exam, they called me like right back. 
you know. So I ended up joining the union, and I've been a member of the um, IBEW since I was like 20 years old. Um, how I left Chicago was um, work got slow in Chicago, and I accepted the inconvenience of traveling over being broke <laughs> at the time. Um, so that's how I ended up leaving Chicago. And since I am a journeyman electrician, it was the, it was the best thing for me uh, as a as a mechanic because they install um, electrical work, you know, in different parts of the country. So that was the best way for me to go get. I had to go to that experience to learn the things that I've learned. So I wouldn't take that back. That I didn't. I ended up leaving Chicago based on you know just the economy, but to increase my skills you know, as, a, as an electrician as well. Okay, cool. Um, wow, St. Elizabeth, <laughs> my mom <laughs> went there. Um, yeah. Okay, so tell me this. With your um, book dropping next week on the 14th, with the re-release of your first one next month, what advice would you give new or existing poets not just writers, but those who are in the poetry field. What advice would you give or um, someone who's thinking about writing one who's already out there? What What's your take on the? Because we have so much the the, the publishing field and, and printing and everything is so much um, new things coming around. So how would you, um, what's your take on the e-books? How do you feel about the whole electronic thing, uh, printing, like just the whole entire process? Would you encourage self-publishing? Um, have you been uh, maybe is is there any um, are there any major publishers looking at you right now, or is that your goal? Just give us a little uh, insight on where you're really trying to take this. Okay. Well, the first thing I would say to any any writer is to um if they're writing poetry, I would suggest that you um always write what your heart has to say, not so much what you think the next man or woman wants to hear. Mm. Um, secondly, I would I would say uh, when it comes to um publishing if you if you get with a major publisher or self publishing, for me, for instance, um they say that poetry is like the hardest genre to push when you look at and, and you look at the publishing uh, industry. You know, you could probably have a novice um, urban street novel, and it'll they'll put, get behind that before they'll get behind poetry. Why I really don't know, but that's just what they were saying. So at the time when I was looking to get published, I ended up having to self-publish myself. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a bad thing because. Mm-hmm. When you self-publish, you actually have more control over your body of work because poetry is like another thing I had a hard time doing was naming my poems because they were just my feelings. So I don't really know how to name my feelings. I just had them. This is how I feel right now. So that was the hardest thing for me to do was just like every poet's different. Some people, are, like, they name all their poems. But that was just the hardest, one of the hardest things for me to do was find a name for how I felt at the time. Um, but, again, with a publisher, what happens is, Sometimes a publisher will step in and look at your body of work and say, well, look, we're going to pay for your book to be published. We don't want you to publish, you know, poem number seven, poem 10, and poem 13, and, you know, things like that. But we need you to change that verse, so we need you to, you know, rewrite this or rewrite that. And to me, um, 
God himself is like the ultimate editor when it comes to what you're writing. So if you stay true to that, he'll he'll guide you on paper in each alpha and omega from the first letter of, of, of the first poem that you write to the last character of the last form that you write. So you just have to, you know, listen to him. The closer you get to that burning bush, you know, you'll 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 stay your your writing will come pure. It'll get it'll get purified. So, um, as far as eBooks and things of that nature, I think that um, it actually like uh, even publishing. As a matter of fact, um, the internet and technology kind of levels out the playing field um, with publishing because. A lot of the major publishers are like, well, if you don't want to play, you know, you don't want to pay play our game, or if you don't want to pay all this astronomical money, you can't get in print anyway. So what happened with books is the same thing that happened with music and iTunes when 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 um, artists were complaining about people bootlegging their music and they weren't getting the credit for it, and the and the and the, and the publishing and I'm sorry, the music um, labels were complaining. But now when you got when you're self publishing, it evens the playing field now. I can actually get in print, get a website, you know what I'm saying, get digital rights management, and I can control that myself. Now mm-hmm. what's going to happen is um, if I can compare to music, you look at somebody like, I'm going to say real quick, like Lil Flip or maybe uh, like Mike Jones mm-hmm. or, or even Master P, they kind of went independent first, and they sold so many copies independent until the major label came and approached them. So for me, I feel as if I sell enough books, and I make enough noise on my own, a major label, a major publishing company will probably approach me. But even if they don't, it's okay. It's fine with me because my success is not necessarily based on book sales. It's just the fact that I published a book, period. So you yeah, can't look at absolutely. it. You can't look at your book sales and say that's the success of it all. The success of it all was being a, uh, you know, copywriting your manuscript and then going from point from from intuition into what's actually a book. That's the success of it all right there. Um, lastly, I'll say this. Um, you have to make up your mind about why you're going to write. Are you going to write for, if you're going to write just strictly for money, you can get your feelings hurt because people probably won't buy the book as, mm-hmm. as fast as you think they should. So you got to determine are you writing for passion or are you writing for money? And you got to determine which one it is because that's what's going to, you know, kind of help you um, make it through the rough times because anything that you're going to do, you're going to be able to stick with it through the good and the bad times. So um, that's what I've done. I'm, I'm dedicated to it, so I take the good with the bad. Wow. That was uh definitely some some everything you said was like it needs to be heard because one thing I try to do um with the black writer space is always push towards self publishing and um also the passion of writing mm-hmm. because you have so many people out here that say um I just want to write a book. We just got to stay talking about the same thing with Zane. When Zane was on last Friday, she mentioned the same exact thing. You have so many people that think because they sit down and they, they, they complete their manuscript and they write their book and they get it published that they're just going to automatically get this big um, deal with a major publisher and they're just going to have millions instantly. No. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. So 
Um, I wanted to right. go back to something that you said. Write what your heart says, not what the next person wants to hear. That right Correct. there, that mm-hmm. that's awesome because um, a lot of times trying to keep up with the trend of things, and, and I think writing is one thing that, um, like you said, you, you couldn't even come up with a title for your feelings because you were that's what you were writing about. So right. I think when it's true to the heart and it's you, it's just like, you know what, this is me, this is this is it. I think that's awesome. And yeah. I think that would um that right there would to me, that would I would just buy somebody's book just just for making that statement, I would buy your right. book. Period. Because right. it's not anything that's um been uh covered up or uh it's it's just not phony, it's real. Right. You have to be transparent. Um Another thing that I that I, I would suggest to a, a future poet is this: um, I read I read for structure, but I write for content. In the sense that, if you sent me a poem, I only want to be influenced by your poem, not infected by it. Because see, you're the sum total of all of your experiences. So what will happen is your pen will kind of absorb it like through osmosis and you're like kind of spit it back out like you're thinking it's original thought and it's really not. You know what I'm trying to say? If I keep, if I read every poem that somebody shared with me on Facebook, hey, Dexter, read my poem and see if you like it. Mm-hmm. If I read mm-hmm. your poem word for word for content, I'm going to absorb it. Now I'm, gonna be, now I'm infected by the poem. I only want to be inspired or influenced by your poem, so I'm going to look at your poem only for the structure of how you kind of formed your thoughts, not necessarily the content. But when I go back to my pad and my paper, then that's when I write from the heart. The con- I write for content, but I read for structure. And that kind of keeps me pure. You know, it keeps it pure, and it, and, it, and, it, and it stops you from not necessarily, I wouldn't say, like plagiarizing someone else, even if they're a great writer. But, you know, again, you don't want to, you know what I'm saying, be infected by it. So I just kind of dip and dab with other people's work even if I really like their work. I don't read a lot of it just to make sure that I stay true to myself. You know, I'm in, because I'm in love with words, you know, like one at a time. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how to say that, but I just love words, but I love them like one at a time and not necessarily collectively in a group. So a book title right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know in what I mean? So, yeah, so that, that would be some advice I, I would give you know, uh, uh, future poets, is to stop reading everybody's work word for word. Stop doing that. That would be me. Right. You, you know what I mean? Um, so um, it, it kept me. And that was the best advice. My older brother actually gave me that advice when I was writing my first book. You know, because what happened was I was actually, I went to the book, I went to the bookstore and was trying to find a poet that I thought wrote like me. So here I am with a big sack of books. You know, I got my Angelo, you know, who you name it, Pablo Neruda, you know what I'm saying, James Wood and Johnson. I went and bought all these books, and I'm reading these, they're reading their books, and I'm trying to find myself mm. on print. And I, I couldn't because I hadn't put my book there yet. That's how unique my right. my writing was. Everyone has a unique fingerprint on paper. Everyone has one. We all have a story to tell. So if we stay true to our story, we don't have to worry about – I don't have to necessarily write about every every poem I write. You don't need to know that I'm a black man. I can just write 
from the human experience, not necessarily the black man's experience. So that's what kind of, you know, you got to keep that in mind, too, when you're writing. You know what I'm saying? That it'll cross because love and hate and emotions um, don't see color. We all hurt. We all been in love. We all been you know, mistreated, and we all been treated nicely. So when you write from that experience, people will um, will connect to that, and that makes it universal. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just tend to have that just tends to be my gift. Of course, some of my poems, you can't help but know that I'm writing from my own, you know, experience, even my own gender, because that's who I am. But most of them, I tend to write from the human experience. So that's, I believe that's what makes me um, more people like what I'm writing about, and they can connect to it a little bit easier. Wow. So I would suggest that, you know, to a poet too, you know. That's just me. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you got to walk around with a fist in your hand every day talking about black power <laughs> on paper all day long. I'm not saying, right, right. you know, so. Um, or um, when I look at their poetry jam or even her, uh, verses in flow, and they're just going, and I, I respect the art form. I'm not knocking it. But I'm saying at the end of the day, um, I can't listen to my favorite song 24 hours a day. I want to hear, I'm going to want to hear something else. So I, I, I try to write what is called, um, oh, man, I'm going to get into something now. Okay, I'm going to give up my secret. It's called muscle, it's called emotional confusion, okay? Like when you look at P90X real quick, the theory behind P90X was if you're working out your body physically and you do the same exercise in the same way, your body's going to plateau and it's not going to get any stronger. It's just going to plateau. You know what I'm saying? Your muscle's not going to get any bigger. You're just going to be fit. You're going to kind of, you're going to max out. Mm-hmm. So what they do what their theory is, it's called muscle confusion. So they work on your abdomen. They work on their abs, but they'll be doing something with their arms. Or they work on their arms doing something with their legs or something to that effect. So if you confuse the body, then the body tends to grow and get stronger. So I do the same thing with my poetry. I call it emotional confusion. So I don't write necessarily all of my poems are about love and all of my poems are about, you know, one particular subject. They cover many different areas of your emotions. So you may see something spiritual on one page, something about love, something thought-provoking, something motivational. So you're being, you know, um, it teases and it stimulates different parts of your psyche or different realms of your being. So as you read the book, you're just kind of taking, a, a, you know, a journey. You know what I'm saying? And it's unexpected. You don't know what you're going to read from one page to the next, but you know it's about life. And at least I want to write a book that the hardest thing for me to do was to write a book I would want to read myself. Because I don't like to read. I just told you, I love to write. I don't like to read. I would read my own book. Secondly, if someone came to the bookstore, and I know how you, I know you've done it before. You've been to the bookstore. You pick up a book. You know how you flick to page 65? Mm-hmm. If you pick up my book, I don't care what page you pick it up on. I want you to be able to turn one page forward or one page backwards. I don't care where you start in the book. So I didn't like stack my best poems in the front and my worst poems in the back. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of, kind of spread them out. In the, in the book and just try to give you a um, just an overall experience, you know, or to um, really get to know me, the blueprint, because that's the blueprint of who I am through my words. You'll know. You'll get to know me. Wow. I think you have um, given us a lot of great – I'm sitting here taking notes myself. <laughs> I'm a note taker, though. That's what I do. That's what's up. Um, but this is good. And I don't write poetry. I think I wrote a little back in the day, but no, I, I just 
I like to write. I like to write about my own life experiences, and I put a little um, excerpt of uh, my book on Facebook last night. I don't know if anybody paid attention to it, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is good stuff. Um, basically, um, I love your concept about keeping keeping your writing pure, um, and I think that keeps you um, original anyway. You know, mm-hmm. this is you, this is your writing, these are your feelings, this is you, this is Mr. Dexter Brady. So I think that should always be the ultimate goal. Um, I'm going to take a short break, and we will be right back. Good evening. If you have just tuned in with us, our guest tonight is Mr. Dexter Brady. And he has uh, given us so much information about um, writing, writing poetry, his two books he has, um, with one re-releasing his first book next month and releasing... um, His book on February 14th, Love, 160 Characters or Less. Check out his book cover. (laughs) Just a book cover will make you buy the book. I'm not saying don't read the book. I'm not saying um, that um, just buy the book for the cover, but the covers are hot. Um, 
I do want to ask you about um, publishing. Do you plan on doing any um, publishing publishing other poets or just writers? Yes, I do. Um, actually, um, the reason I wanted to become a publisher first was to help as many uh, writers realize the dream of um, that first high, when you get your first pre-copy of your book in your hand with your name on it, I, I'm chasing that high right now, and I'm on my third book. You never get that high. You, you, you're, you're still proud, but it's like that. I remember that first day I opened up that FedEx envelope and was like, wow, this is my book with my name on it. Mm-hmm. So that was like the very first reason that I, you know, became uh, a publisher was to help other people because I'm quick to give. Um, and you have to put yourself in the position to bless somebody. Exactly. You know, you got to put yourself in that position. So I'm looking forward to just, you know, putting myself in the position to bless somebody. The second reason um, was to control my own future bodies of work. You know, much like if I was a, if I sang or I had a music studio in my house, I would just go downstairs and record whenever I got ready. So controlling my body of work was like a no-brainer. The main thing was helping other people. Um, and I'll say this, too. You know, I found out that my youngest daughter, Destiny Simone, writes poetry, and she's um, 12 mm. right now. Shocked me, blew me out the water that she's that young, and, and she's writing poetry now. So um, I said, wow, God, you know what would be so what I'm looking forward to doing is actually publishing my, my my baby girl, and we have a father-daughter book signing. And I don't think that's Ooh. ever been done either. So that's I'm looking to do a father-daughter book signing. Yeah, so I want to publish a book, you know, like most people do. They, if their parents have some success, like Will and Jada did, they start their kids in the game early. Well, I'm doing it on a smaller scale. So I'm hoping that by the time she's an adult, or at least in her preteens, um, who knows where she'll end up. She may take it to that next Tyler Perry level because I started her that young. Okay. So I want I definitely want to, I'm looking forward to, you know, if I don't publish anybody but myself and my baby, mm-hmm. that's okay with me. Okay. That's all. But you, you are going to eventually have an open door to welcome other writers other if they want to get published. Or po- well, oh, yeah. would it just be poets or no? No, it's um. Well, the name of my publishing company is Godspeed Godspeed Publications. So, just by name alone, I knew that I would only publish um, certain things under that title. You know, under that title. So, if it's anything erotic or with a lot of profanity or anything of that nature, that I, I'm not publishing that under that under under that um, umbrella of Godspeed Publications. Um, so I knew that that would kind of limit me. Um, I'm actually working, I'm looking forward to doing a poetry compilation, which I'm, I'm working on right now, to not to introduce, I wouldn't say unknown poets, but just to get poets together that um, may be a little gun-shy or may not think they can go on and do a complete solo project or they don't write in abundance like maybe me or you would, but they have like five or six really nice poems but really don't know what to do with them. So we can give them a chance to, you know, either use the book as a platform or a springboard to go forth and then, you know, do their own um, solo project. Um, And um, I'm actually publishing my first author. That's not myself. Her book is coming out 
in June, and I'm excited about that. Her name of her book oh, is wow. called um, Last Dance on Broken Glance. On Broken Glass. Her, the author's name is Jessica Dudley, so I'm, I'm excited about working with her as well. So I'm moving forward in that in that arena as well. So I'm already publishing other people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, as I, you know, you got to work the kinks out, you know, and as you work the kinks out, then you'll be able to accept manuscripts and, you know what I'm saying, and deal, because there's a creative side to writing and a business right. side to writing. So I, I'm, right. I'm kind of cool on the creative side, and I'm just kind of filling in the blanks. Or perfecting the the um the business side, but it's to the point now that I actually can because I've gone through the process more than once myself, so now I can take another author from start to finish now mm. and that's what i'm and that's what I'm gonna do so I'm hoping that um my poetry validates me you know as a as a as a writer, and how I present my books validates me you know as a publisher, so that respect of my peers. Is right. what you know. I'm looking for that. It's just that because that's why the standard. When you keep saying Dexter, your book covers are so amazing. Yes, I set the standard so high mm-hmm. because I, I'm going to maintain that standard. So everything you see with my name on it, or anything to do with me, you're going to expect a. You're going to expect balance. Number one, you're going to want the book cover to be appealing, but you're going to want the content of the book to back up the book cover. Because I know real quick, you know how you see stuff. People that invest in a really great book cover and the book's kind of flat, you know, mm-hmm. or vice versa. People will have a nonchalant book cover, but it's really a great book. I, I'm looking for balance. I want that book to back up that that book, the cover, and the and the content to be equal. You know what I mean? You open up my book of poetry. It's a nice it's a nice cover. When you read it, you're like, man, this is nice poetry too. Boom, that's what you want. That's when you that's when all things come together. Wow. You have so much good information. I have no doubt that your book books. Um, Future projects, any by anyone that publishes under you, that will will do very well. There's there's no um your uh, presentation is awesome. Your um this is good stuff. I'm I'm on my third <laughs> page of notes. I'm so serious. This is really good. Um, uh-huh. I love having guests that um I can learn something from. So, because I'm still kind of on that ground level with my book as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is good stuff. Poetry or just, you know, your story, period. Everybody has one. So, this is awesome. Um, I'm really excited about the book. Um, can't wait till it comes out. And you know what? I'm thinking we're going to have to um, maybe do a um, book signing here in Chicago. We're gonna oh, have yeah. To- Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That will be really, um, really hot. I'm going to uh, wait till the weather gets better, though. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to wait till the, 2012. The, you know, the weather We ain't trying to bring you up here in no 10 inches of snow. Uh-huh. So. But that's my home now. I'm not trying to come home and walk around in 10 inches of snow. I mean, I, I grew know. up I there, ain't mad so. at you. I'm trying to get out of it and get somewhere right. where it's hot all the time. So, Right, no, right. that's that's I, I'm not hating. Do your thing, mm-hmm. but um, I'm really excited again. Um, to purchase his books, you can go to his website dexterbrady.net or dot com. Correct. Mm-hmm. February fourteenth, everything's being redone. It'll be everything will be up and going February fourteenth. February fourteenth for the, the yes, second February. book, right? The other one will be until book. next month. Yeah, okay. the other one I'm re-releasing it for my birthday. Yes, in March. Wow. 
I'm, I'm excited about that. And again, to again have a particular cause that is attached to each one of my projects. So Love and 160 is uh, breast cancer. Uh, 480 volts of Xavier is um, domestic violence. And my third book, which is set to come out, which nobody knows this, and I'm telling you now, my third book, the name of my third book is called oh, Dictation oh, of Burning Bush. And wait it's a minute, coming say out that again. June. My third book mm-hmm. is coming out in June, around Father's Day this year. That's my release date for my third book is um, June of this year. And that book was called Dictations from the Burning Bush. And that book is going to be dedicated to prostate cancer. That title is uh, off the chain. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. It is. Thank you. you know it. You know it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know I mean, it. hey, listen. It you know, is. Listen. It's so Honestly, everything. is just so like, oh, my God. It's so but original. But but listen, I'm going to tell you why I came up with how I came up with the title. See, when you stay true to your heart, you listen. When you listen to what your heart has to say and you yes. and you go within, um, um, that's how I came up with the title for that book. And I'm going to tell you, it was real. it was real clear once it happened. In my first book, real quick, I denied I was a poet because I didn't even know I had the gift. I denied it. When people say, Dexter, are you a, you're a poet. When I said the girls were saying, Dexter, are you a poet? I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I had the gift. But between the, the first book, the second book, and the third book, when I realized I had the gift, then I had to come into the realization that if I had a gift, that God gave it to me. So I'm really not a poet now. So to me, um, there's only one poet. And that's God, the father of all eloquence. The rest of us are just gifted writers. So when I would myself, when I'm sitting to myself, um, mm-hmm. I could hear his voice louder, mm. but I couldn't understand it. So when I want to hear what he's saying, I had to go within myself. So the closer I get to, my, to the God in me, that's that burning bush. That's like the journey to the center of your, your earth. You know what I'm saying? And it's hot. It's warm. So the closer I got to the burning bush, the the lower his voice got, but the clearer it got. But it got warmer, too. So that's how come I came up with the – so now I'm listening to what the bush is saying. Okay, so what am I doing at this point? I'm dictating notes from the burning mm-hmm. bush. So that's how I came up with the title, Dictations from the Burning Bush. Bam. Wow. Right. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is really good stuff. Um mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So I'm like illegally um I have I have a, a second mentor. His name is Dexter Brady. <laughs> Seriously. Anytime. I'm so I, I serious. Do what I, can. I do what I can. This is wow. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Um, great. This is another one of my wow. We have the, the thing on the show. We, well, I'm by myself today, but uh, well, we always say wow. You know, when we have these guests on the show that are just amazing, their works and their their passion and their writing, and you are one of our wow guests, the wow factor. So, wow, um, I appreciate it. We would definitely not a problem anytime. We would definitely be um, supporting you. With uh, anything that you do, we look forward to having you back on the show. And did can I just ask, have yes. you had any other interviews? You know what? Uh, no, 
I actually, you were the first, and you are from Chicago, so I definitely wanted to, um, you know, just pay homage to my own, where I came from, where I started, where it all started. So it was a blessing that when we connected on Facebook and that you actually had a show and you're actually from Chicago, that was that, was, that meant a lot to me. So I'm, I'm honored to be here and, to again, to bring it back where it all started. So this is a good this was a good thing. Okay. Not that I'm famous or anything, but yeah, you got the exclusive. Oh. That's all I can say. I got the exclusive. Uh, okay, the exclusive. You, you heard it, Miss Mocha. Exclusive interview. Very first interview has not interviewed anyone else. We're in Chicago. He's from Chicago. Cool. I like that. Um, I just want to thank you again for um, taking the time out of your extremely busy schedule to chat with. Um, us tonight here at Black Writer Space, and we will be um, definitely um, supporting all of your works. Um, you have a lot more to come. Um, I already know you're talking about the third book. I already see you working on the fourth book. So, yeah, this this is really big. Um, I'm yes, excited. Yes, now that you now that you mention it, now that you bring mm-hmm. it up, actually, my, mm-hmm. my ultimate goal. <laughs> you really want to know the mountaintop? Really, honestly, yes. The yes. mountaintop for me is um, after my third book, I'm going to be um, attempting to do the best of decks. And the best of decks oh, is going to be God. a four-book series, and I'm going, to, I'm going to grab maybe 20 poems from my first three books, and then I'm going to translate them into Spanish, French, one African language because I'm from Africa, one African language, and Chinese. And each book cover is going to be themed to that particular um, culture. So that's going to be uh, like a big project for me. I'm also going to try yeah, to do a book in big. Braille. Yeah, I, I'm ready. So that's the, so if you just want to know, my whole the rest of this year, that's the, like the ultimate goal for me is to get to the best of decks. And, and you know, uh, no one else has done that before. I mean, I don't have the research, but I don't think anyone has done that before. I've I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, you know what, though? I got introduced. You know, I got the idea, honestly, was one of my favorite poets. His name is Pablo Neruda. He's from Mexico. So when I remember I told you I was in the bookstore looking for poets, he's yes. one of my favorite poets. But I got introduced to him because someone in Mexico translated his book into English. So I felt I owe him the same respect. And I said, I'm going to translate my book into Spanish. Wow. But before I translate it to another language, I feel like I should pay respect to Africa, first of all, before I go give Spanish a version or give, you know, French the version or give, you know, any other language, any other culture or ethnic background a version of my poetry, I got to go backwards and say I'm African-American. You, you know what I mean? So the African book, um, I'm going to be, I, that's going to be a big deal for me to translate one of my books into an African language. That's mm. a big deal for me. Wow. But you have that, you have that, Remember, you have that flexibility and that power when you're the self-publisher. I publish myself. Exactly. So I, it's not like I got to go to my publisher and say, hey, we, what ad. do you think about this idea? Oh, uh, we don't want to do that. Well, I can do it. Yeah, sure I can. I can right. do it. So yeah. is something like that difficult? Like, um, is it expensive? I think the, the hardest like, part what? of it is um, the hardest part is done Real, re- realistically, because once I write the third book, um, all of the poems that I'm going to select, I just have to select them and get them translated um, into the particular language that I want to get them translated. Now, I don't know how easy or hard that's going to be, 
but I'm willing to do it. You know, because you got to and then reprint it. Well, no, I'm saying the half of the book is going to be in English, and then the other half of the book is going to be in that particular language. So um, I'm just going to pray on it and let God work it out. And I I already have an ability to, you know, again, to design the book cover. So I I, I have that vision. So I kind of know what I want the book covers to look like. I know like 75% of the book. I know what the book cover is going to look like. I already know the poems I'm going to choose. But then I have to just get those poems translated into the particular language that I want to translate it into. So it's not really, it's not going to be necessarily that hard to do. Um, right now, it's just the patience of just um, finishing the third book and following that through. You know what I'm saying? Not jumping the gun because I could actually go pick. 15 or 20 poems from the third book, but I haven't finished writing it yet. But i got to wait until I finish writing that project and then select from that whole body of work. Then once I've done that, the best of this. So once I write the third book, the best of deck is already written at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, But anyway, that's my, okay. as far as my writing for the rest of this year, you, you got the whole, you got everything. You know everything. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, 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 you know cool. everything. Yes. Well, um, again, I'm honored to have the first interview to get all the um, the uh, behind-the-scenes um, news, and um, we'll definitely be supporting you with uh, your current and future projects, and uh, even mm-hmm. even going into 2013. You know, we'll be here. So oh, once yeah. you um, your um next time you're in Chicago, like I said, we definitely have to do a uh book signing or some type of meet and greet something. So um we can get the word out in Chicago. Does anyone have your books in Chicago? Not right now. Because I, no. I stepped okay. back. You know, I stepped back and again I gave my first book uh, um an extreme makeover and um then I, I, I went back and I wrote my second book so they're kind of coming back out like two one three, even though I wrote them one two three. Where they're coming out, they're being released like two one three. So, but it's okay. They'll be at home. They trust me. They'll be up. I'll be in Chicago very very soon, you know. And uh, so I'm looking forward to just you know, like I said, being at home and just representing, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Um, family city, you know. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we thank you again for uh, chatting with us tonight. And um, we will definitely be in contact. I'm looking forward to working with you on the uh, photography side as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to do some big things. So yes, uh, you enjoy the rest of your evening, and um, we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much for gracing our airways tonight. And um, you're already blessed. I'm not even going to say good luck <laughs> or anything like that. You're already blessed with... Um, your gift and recognizing your gift and and honoring God in everything that you do. That's that's it right there. That's so, it. So um, you have a good night. All right, you it too. Nice Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Not a problem. All right. All right. God bless. Mhm. We definitely, definitely, definitely want to thank Dexter Brady for talking to us tonight. Um, Really great information. I think I have about four pages of notes here, and uh, that was some good stuff, really, whether you're writing poetry or writing, period. I think um, 
the meat of his message was just staying true to what's in your heart and not writing what the next person wants to hear. I think that was the meat of it all for me right there because um, even with writing the book that I'm writing and I'm writing about my life story and a lot of times you try to keep up with the trend of what's in, you know, like the music. They said, well, that's not in anymore. That's not what people want to hear, you know, but it's I can't, like, turn that into, well, no, I'm going to say this because they want to hear this. No. So I love what he says about um, continue to make sure you write what's in your heart and not what the next person wants to hear. That right there, that's some advice that, that that's going to take you a long way. I know it's going to take me a long way with uh, my writing. I don't have just one book I want to write and I want to stop. I really would like writing to be my ultimate full-time job. So um, with that being said, I have stepped up to the plate and I have um, – started working on finishing my unfinished book. So um, pretty soon I hope to have a, I will have a release date and, uh, okay, it's going to the printer and this and that. I'm definitely self-publishing. I've been um, researching the self-publishing field for six years now, so um, I'm still learning as I'm going. So when I have guests on that have, um information about self-publishing and the benefits of it. And and even if you still choose to go through a publisher, it's okay. It's just I know you have to know what works better for you or what your ultimate goal is and what the um, results, will the results benefit you this way or going this way. So you have to sit down and examine what will work best for you depending on what your ultimate goal is uh, for your writing to be, you know, so. I think it's definitely an individual choice, um, but don't always rush into something because of what somebody said. I would say always get on the Internet. You've got to spend some time on the Internet. Get on the Internet, um, do your research. You know, you can Google whatever you need to know that you don't know. You can always Google it. Um, look at what some other authors are doing. Find some other authors who've already published their books those who are under a main publisher, under a major publisher, or who have self-published. So um, I do know there are a few companies that will assist you and publishers um, and writers who have published their own books who have their own publishing companies. They also offer packages to where they will just walk you through the process not doing it for you, but showing you the correct way to do it so that you're just not putting a book out there that's not properly um, edited, which is really, really horrible. Um, I do come across a lot of books that are, um, I mentioned on the show a couple uh, weeks ago, that I gave my daughter a book to review, and her biggest problem was it's so many errors. It's not edited right. They took too long to get to the main um, meat of the story, and, you know, so that's not good. Uh, grammatical errors, I mean, they have spell check on, on Microsoft Word, you know, if you're just doing your book of Microsoft Word. So it's just a lot of little things you can avoid if you just take the time to learn how to do something the correct way. So um, I love the advice that he gave on that as well. And... um 
this is just good stuff. It really is good stuff. Um, if you, like I always say, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email at um, blackartistspace with two S's at gmail.com. Um, I am offering marketing packages now for new authors, existing authors. Um, if you have a product, it doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't always have to be related to the literary field. Um, but if you have a book or product that you want to advertise to our audience, feel free to inbox us on Facebook or email us at blackwriterspace with two S's at gmail.com. Um, I will be posting, I have been posting, um, marketing packages, sponsorship packages. Um, some include um, our 30-minute interviews on the show, um, which has a very, very minimal, minimal uh, sponsorship fee required. Um, but it's a good exposure, you know, with um, – Blog Talk Radio, although we're not in a radio station, we're not in a specific city, we have the uh, benefit to reach over, I think it's 5,000 people we can reach all over the world. You know, anybody can, really more than 5,000, because you can um, you can either call in and listen to the show, or you can just log in to the website, and you can do that from anywhere. So really you're reaching millions of people who may not ever heard of you, who don't know about your book, who may be interested in purchasing. So um, when it comes to marketing your book, and I do want to have a show um, geared towards marketing your book, your product, um, you have so many different avenues that you can use besides just, okay, I have my book printed, I have it published, I did it. Okay, now what? Guess what? You have to sell it. So um, you definitely want to do that. You've spent money on getting it out. So you definitely want to make your money back and then have the extra money outside of that. So um, it takes more than just having a book in front of you and having some book signings. You have to really um, spend some time on the Internet. You need to do some social networking. If you don't have time to do that, then you can always pay someone like us to um, post your book on the net to make sure you're connected with different social networks, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we got Tumblr. I don't know who still uses MySpace, but some people still use MySpace. Um, there are other avenues besides just putting your book on Amazon. Um, you have your own website. People still need to know that you exist. So it's just like when you start a new business, just because you, you purchase a domain and you pay someone to design a site for you, if no one knows about your site, how are they going to know you have products? How are they going to know that you're on the Internet? So um, you definitely want to take all these things into um, consideration when uh, thinking about selling and marketing your book, what audience you want to target, Um there's just so many different um, avenues you can use, and we are here to help with that. So keep that in mind. And um, I'm going to take a short break, and we'll be right back.
Good evening, and we are back um, tonight. Our guest was uh, Mr. Dexter Brady. I was supposed to have another guest. I don't know what happened, but uh, we'll we'll have them back on another day. However, um, Dexter was uh, very informal and um, gave a lot of insight on um, just writing straight from the heart and that that's where most of his, um, all of his writings come from. That's where his poetry comes from, how he didn't even realize he had the gift. But what he did, when he did realize he had it, he it's like he just kind of took it and he just nurtured it. Um, um, he acknowledged God in, in, in everything that he does. And it's just really awesome. I have four pages of notes here, and I'm just like, wow. He inspired me to like, wow. Continue to to make sure that you write from the heart. I I can't continue to stress that enough. Um, writing from the heart and not what the next person wants to hear. That's that's like the ultimate. That's the ultimate ultimate ultimate. Um, great meat of advice I've ever heard when it pertains to uh, writing and your passion for writing, and um, not always trying to impress what people want to hear, but writing what is in your heart. Because what's in your heart is just what it says. It's what's in your heart. So I think that that can, um, you can you can almost write a book about that. So um, just using your imagination, we all have a story to tell. We all have a story inside of us. We all have a book inside of us. And if your ultimate goal is to get that story out, is to um, get it down on paper so others can hear it. And, and that ultimate goal, I think, should always be to help the next person. You don't know who you're helping. You know, a lot of times we think what we go through is for us. It's not really for us. It's for somebody else. So even in that and going through things, whether it be negative or positive, it's always to help the next person because you never know who God is going to put you in contact with, who um, five years down the road they may have experienced the same thing and they may need to see that you made it through that. So it's it's a lot of different reasons we go through things in life and, and there's a lot of different reasons we go through. And that's the, the magic word, we go through. We don't stay in it. So um, whatever you may be going through or facing, Right now, just remember that it's something that you're going through. And as long as you can see or even imagine yourself on the other side, um, that it's not going to last always. You'll you'll go through it. So, And with going through it, you, it gives you the experience. It gives you the peace and the, the, peace and the patience to um, help another human, to help another life to help someone else make it when you thought you couldn't. So it only takes that one person or that one um, encouragement, story of encouragement or testimony to just encourage somebody else to, you know, let them know it's just going to be okay. You know, life is not about just um, everything bad happening. Although some people experience that, um if they hold on enough and they have that faith within themselves and they have someone else to push them, and that's what we're 
supposed to be here for is to always encourage someone else to do better, you know, so that they don't have to go through what we went through. Or if they do experience what we went through or worse, that just to know that it's someone who um, is in the background praying for you and um, pushing you and just encouraging you that you will make it through and it's not it's not so bad. Um, I think that we all have to get to a point in life where we realize that we're just down here temporary. It's just temporary, and it's not worth um, all the 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 stress that we put ourselves through for certain things. And we have to realize what's priority. I do believe that. Um, and right now my priority is just pretty much enjoying life, putting God first, and after that just enjoying life, um, getting priorities straight, getting things together, getting things in order. Um, we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish in life while we're down here on earth. So it's like, okay, who's stopping you from finishing your book? That's for me because that's one of my goals right now. That's what my priority is right now. So nobody is me. So if I need to set aside time each day to make sure I finish this book, guess what? That's what I got to do. I can't even wait until um, I can't wait until I have time. I'm gonna have to make time because it's not up to anybody but me. I'm not. It's nobody else in the way. It's no other excuse. It's me. So I had to um, sit down and do my priority list and stick to it. So um, with that being said, since 2012, it's time to get some things in order, seriously. Um, We can talk all day long about what we want to do, where we want to go, people we want to meet, starting a business, writing a book, publishing a book, having this event, having that event. I know I got a whole list of stuff. It probably would be about um, about 10 pages if I wrote everything down that I wanted to do. And I may not get a chance to do every single thing, but if I just can get some things completed, that would satisfy me. And then that would give me the option to help somebody else because a lot of times we listen to people um, say, Oh, well, no, you got to have this to do that. You got to have this. That's just like saying, oh, you can't start your own business. You need a degree for that. No, you don't. Like, for real. Like, most millionaires today, they don't even have a college degree. So not to say that it's not good to have one. It's always good to have one. I want my both of my kids to have one. Um, my daughter, she's a senior now, so... Uh, we're looking at different colleges, and she's trying to decide what major she wants to focus on and all of that, so I definitely push it. But if you don't have it, I don't have it. I have some college, but, no, I didn't graduate. I don't have a degree in my name in a specific field. But guess what? That's not to say that I can't do what I want to do. I can't accomplish some of the things that I want to accomplish because I don't have a degree. So, no, that's never, never, never the case. Um, And that's why I always say, do your own research. 
do your own research. Don't listen to, always listen to people because people will steer you away from your goals and your dreams. And um, I've experienced that many, many, many times where you you have um, people you consider close friends, family members, whoever it may be that you talk to and you come up with this great idea and I will go to them and say, oh, what you think? I think I want to do this. And they will come back, girl, I don't want to do that. Oh, my friend did that and my cousin did that. She said it cost too much and it's this and that. She got too many bills. I don't want to be bothered with that. And I come to realize this same person that will always give me this negative feedback on stuff, that was just her it didn't mean what I wanted to do was a bad idea. It didn't mean that it wouldn't work for me. It didn't mean that it wasn't for me. No, none of that. It didn't mean that it wouldn't benefit me. It didn't mean that I couldn't do it. That was her take on life. Her take on life was she didn't want to be bothered with none of that stuff. And and she told me one day, she said, I just think you want stuff better than better than I do crazy choice of words, but that's what she said to me. And I'm like, I want stuff better than you. What? Oh, you, I know you, you want the husband, you want the family, you want the, um, your own business, and you want this and you want that. I just don't need all of that stuff. I'm fine the way I am. Well, that's you. I had to get to a point where I realized, you know what, that's you. And sometimes you have to step away. Sometimes you have to separate yourself from people not seeing that you have to cut them off or anything like that. You can love somebody from a distance. So I had to get to a point in my life where I had to kind of separate myself. Uh, we had a guest on the other day. She's a life coach, Angel Richards, and um, really, really awesome information. And just some of the simple things she said was um, sometimes, you're held back because of the people who are in your circle. That is so true. You could be surrounding yourself with those who um, just don't have any goals, just don't want to do anything. They're content with who they are and where they are in life, and guess what? That's okay for them. But for you, you know you wasn't created. I know, I know right now at the age of 37, and who I am now and what I'm doing and what I've always wanted to do, what my drive has always been, what my passion has always been, I know I wasn't created to be content, period. Like, period. I couldn't be that person if I tried to. It probably would be really difficult to even turn into that type of person because I've always been a go-getter. I've always had where um, I wanted more, and it's not to say that you're greedy, it's just saying that you just want more. You you aspire to be more. You have goals. You have some things that you really want to accomplish. You have um, um, a vision for what you were created to do, whether it be writing. And it, it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be right, I have writing. I have photography. Writing comes before photography because writing has always been my passion. The photography, I don't even know where that came from. But once I got into it, um, now when I look at it, yeah, it's, I have a gift for it. So um, how, whatever order you want to put them in, just, you can just take all of your gifts or um, talents and just do something with them. I mean, there. this is... 
it's a million opportunities out here. The Internet is like, I think, the best-kept secret because nowadays it doesn't take um, $20,000 to go and start your own business. You know, depending on what field you're going into, it only takes what? You can get a, Vista, a, a business card from Vistaprint, what, $5? You can make and get some business cards done. You know, a lot of things only take just making a business card. So it just depends on what you want to do. But never be, I said all that to say, don't be discouraged of others' reaction to what your vision is. Because you know what? A lot of times we don't think about it, but if it's your vision, guess what? It was given to you, not them. So you have to get to a point where you do not base whether or not you move forward with um, your gifts and your visions based on what someone else thinks, based on someone else's opinion about it. Because if you do that, you'll never do anything because it's always going to be somebody to have a negative opinion about it. Yes, going into certain businesses do have... um, the pros and the cons. Okay, weigh them out and move forward. You know, um, find out what your target audience is and just go for it. Um, I love the, the, the passion of writing. I love the literary world. So, you know, I decided to create the networking site for writers when I first started the Black Writers Space networking site. And it grew and grew and grew. I think I have about 300 and... 39 people on there now, but just 2011 was when um, I lost my job, so I was given the opportunity, well, guess what, I could put more energy into my Black Writer Space site and my photography site. Then I decided I wanted to do the magazine. Then uh, I met Gerard McClendon, he told me to start the Blog Talk radio show, so here I am. And then with that, now I'm able to do so much more with that. My ultimate goal is to have Black Writer Space Publishing. My ultimate goal is to um, be able to offer a wide range of marketing packages to um, authors, writers, um, to connect with some major publishers so that um, when they are looking for writers, they can come to our site and see who we have, see what they're writing, see if it's anybody they may want to pick up or may not want to pick up. If you just want to self-publish and become your own enterprise and publish others under you, I mean, sky's the limit. Do not allow um, the TV and, um, you know, what's going on with the politics, do not allow that to discourage you to do not do anything. That's No, don't do that. Oh, the, the recession, and, and really I feel like, it wasn't an issue until they announced it. You know, I never missed a meal. So it wasn't affecting me anyway. It's not affecting me now, and I don't have a job. So, but you, you have to get to a point to where you continue to um, push your energy forward in, in a positive manner, it means surrounding yourself with positive people, um Talking to positive people, talking, finding finding your crew, 
people who are doing what you want to do. If it's a specific field you want to go into, you need to start talking to those people that are in that same field. You need to start getting your advice from them. You cannot decide you want to be a millionaire and talking to somebody that's homeless or has a poverty mentality. A lot of times people are stuck in poverty because of their thinking. A lot of times you can think your way out of something and speak your way out of something, and, and next thing you know, you'll, it'll, you'll be out of it. But if you don't know that, you know, like they say, when you know better, you do better. So not knowing is a lot of times the problem why we stay in situations we're in. So it's it's good to talk to people, but you have to be careful who you talk to. So anyhow, I think I'm done preaching for tonight. And, um Again, I enjoyed our guest. He has so much information for us pertaining to writing, uh, publishing. He's given us all of his uh, upcoming projects. Wow. Um, We're very excited about that. We definitely will be supporting him. Again, you can check out his website um, as of February 14th, 2012, and DexterBrady.net. also, uh, we started another site called I Love Urban Lit, which is for, um, it's really a site for readers. If you are a lover of urban fiction, I've created a site for that. Um, I have a group on Facebook and a fan page on Facebook for that. So it's still in the ground stages, but I'm working on it. Um, and what it's going to do is evolve into a book club where we'll have um, awards, um, an annual award ceremony for best urban fiction author. Um, we'll do book giveaways and just a whole lot of different things. Um, I really want to get the readers involved, not just the writers. I have the the section for the writers, but I also want to create something for readers, you know, the people who are buying these books, the um, your um, customers who will be purchasing your book, who you want to market to. We want to hear what they have to say. Um, we want to hear their take on your book. What did they think about it? Um, testimonials, just a whole bunch of stuff. I have a whole list of things. I want to do, uh, my ultimate goal is to be able to have a um, Black Writer Space School of Creative Writing. Um, again, some things do take time, but I'm not going to say, um, oh, that's going to take 10 years. Oh, that's going to be too difficult to do. No, mm-mm. What I'm doing is I'm getting my research done, and I'm finding out what I need to do to get to that point. So it's a working process. Um, my book could have been out 15 times. Um but a lot of times we make excuses, and yes, I did. I'm not perfect. I made an excuse. I had a job that I didn't like, and it was so stressful and so this and so that. But if I still would have made time to still come home or on the weekends or on my off day to de- dedicate to my writing, guess what? My book would have been out. And maybe I could have been gone from the job sooner than I was. So, um, again, we learn from our mistakes. We are supposed to learn from our mistakes. And um, just keep it moving. So I hope that um, you were encouraged by the show. If you didn't hear it, feel free to go back and listen. Uh, Awesome guest, Dexter Brady. I have a guest tomorrow. He is a motivational speaker. I believe it's uh, Dr. Lee is going to be with us tomorrow at 7. So feel free to listen in. Again, just this is 2012. We're in February now. 
Um, if you haven't started anything, um, think about what it is you want to do. I mean, we all want to be part of something. We all have a vision. We all have some sort of gift inside of us that may just be sitting there and we not even know it's there. Dexter said he didn't even know he had the gift. And now that he, um, once he realized he had it, he took it and did exactly what he was supposed to do with it. So um, that should always be the ultimate goal. There's, there's, it's no limit to where you can take your dream, your vision, um, your product, whatever it is that you have on the inside of you that you want to share with the world. You never know who you'll be helping. You know, so um, people need to know about you. So, and with that being said, you have an awesome evening, uh, an awesome um, rest of the week, and we will see you tomorrow at 7.
Come get 